Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A couple of days ago, I was looking at uh, doing a story on the Rolling Thunder story, the um, biker event in, in Ottawa. And I came across a completely different story after I spoke with a friend of mine who's in the veterans community. And he made me aware of Scott Casey, who's a multi-decade veteran of the Canadian Armed Forces, served in Bosnia, including Sarajevo. And uh, Scott Casey is the founder of Rolling Barrage, which Mr. Casey made very clear online has nothing to do with Rolling Thunder. Rolling Barrage has been around for some time. We're going to talk to Scott Casey about Rolling Barrage. We're going to talk to him about what Rolling Barrage is about. And it's an extremely important event that helps veterans and others in the um, first responder community deal with PTSD. But uh, Mr. Casey has a has a very interesting story to tell. Scott, it, sometimes the most interesting people I meet are just through happenstance, and and that's what happened. Uh, so I found more, found out more and more about you. You're a very interesting guy who's living a a life uh, that many of us would uh, would like to live until we get to the hard parts. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, Roy. Thanks for having me on the show, and uh, definitely want to say thank you for uh, you know giving us some time to talk about the rolling barrage and and kind of what we do. So that's yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. Can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself before we talk about Rolling Barrage? Tell us a bit about yourself and how Rolling Barrage came about. Okay, well, I, I served in the Canadian Air Forces for uh, just under 10 years. I served in Canada and uh, over in Europe for five years, during which time uh, my unit was uh, had a, one of our companies, November Company, was asked to become part of the Royal 22nd Regiment's battle group for the first uh rotation in the former Yugoslavia uh, under the United Nations as a part of the United Nations Protection Force. Uh, uh, following that tour, I came back and it was a tour that changed all of our lives. Uh, you know, we've lost a lot of guys since then to suicide. And one of my dear, my dear, very dear uh, friends that I joined the army with, uh, we flew, you know, on that uh, first 707 to Cornwallis together uh, you know, shortly after our tour uh, in 1999, he took his own life, and he was the first suicide. And and so it, it uh, that that hit me really hard. And uh, so I, I decided at that point that I was going to make my life mission uh, to deal with veteran suicides and uh, to, to try and mitigate it as much as we can. Yeah. And uh, so that's where the rolling barrages come from. You know, I said during the introduction, uh, we we look at your life and we think, well, that'd be very exciting to live until you get to the hard part. And it certainly, you've come up face to face with the hard part of life, the hard part of military life, and what follows the most difficult experiences when somebody is is in the military. And, and to call what happened in uh, Yugoslavia, and we've spent quite a bit of time on the air on this program over the years, with Major General Louis McKenzie, who was your commander in in, uh, in uh, Bosnia, and I know he's a good friend of yours, um, to, to know what soldiers, in fact, see and experience, and to call what happened in the former Yugoslavia peacekeeping was total misnomer because it was extremely violent, and what you saw, uh, I'm sure, is still like very, very difficult to to live with on a on a day to day basis. No peacekeeping, right? 
or very little. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was no peace to keep when we were there, and that's uh, you know that's how we the, the mission evolved as we went through because uh, the, we were you know fired upon daily. Uh, whether it was uh, I'd been in country for three weeks before the main body showed up, and we'd already been uh, exposed to to uh, you know I, I choose the word enemy lightly, but uh, they they definitely weren't on our side. Uh, they were firing at us, and then when the main body showed up from November Company, we re- we received uh, you know a dozen 120 millimeter mortars directly on our position, and uh, you know an equal you know that many of the guys were wounded. So it's uh, you know that that was the the baptism by fire, and things changed from there. Yeah, thank you for your service, and thanks to your uh, to your fellow CAF members. Thank you. That's what we do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so then you lose your friend, and you see what happens. Post-traumatic stress disorder sets in, and we've done programs on that as well, Scott. And we've heard some very disturbing stories from um, first responders, police, um, firefighters, paramedics. Very disturbing stories. Mm-hmm. So you decide that you're going to do something about this, and and uh, that's how rolling barrage was uh, was formed and you're actually probably going to give me the motivation to finally kick myself in the backside and get back on a motorcycle well i i hope so <laughs> uh you know since we started we've seen hundreds and hundreds of canadians and americans come up from the u.s uh you know to join and take part in the ride we started uh, our first year in 2017 in in uh, st john's newfoundland and we rode right across to victoria and because of time constraints and and you know the the length of uh, the crossing of the channel, essentially from Newfoundland to the mainland, it uh, became time prohibitive in that regard. It's already a, an, an expensive trip for a lot of people to make, so we've narrowed it down from Halifax to Vancouver, and we've yeah just short just a short little ride. <laughs> it's it takes so about tell us about it. I mean, what what happens? As I understand it, you start out. By dipping the front wheel into the Atlantic Ocean, and then off you go. Tell tell us about the ride. What how's it? How does it evolve? What do you do? Where do you go? Well, we've we've changed our route a little bit each time, just so we can get the message out to more and more people across Canada, rather than just taking the same same positions all the time. And we do. We start in uh, we start in Halifax. We dip our tires in the uh, in the Atlantic, and then we ride across. And we make stops all the way across uh, each night. Uh, some days are are about 300 kilometers, and we meet literally hundreds of people every day. And over the course of the, of the ride, I'll meet, you know, a thousand people. I've ridden across Canada three times myself, and, uh, you know, the, the experience each day, each time I've done it has been different and better each time. Uh, you know, the word is getting out, and, and more and more people are, are coming out and realizing that this is a bigger family than than what they knew. So... And that's exactly what it is. We're having families come out. You know, uh, we stopped in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. All the proceeds that were raised during that that day uh, were all donated to the the first responders in in Humboldt. Uh, we didn't take any of that for our own uh, fundraising efforts. Uh, we left it with them because they needed it immediately. Um, yeah, and so the the friendships and the, and the family connections that are that have been built through the ride has has just been monumental. Yeah, it must be. It, Absolutely. Yeah, it's so be. heartwarming to see. And and you have a website. Um, tell us the website, please. Uh, yeah, any, anybody can look at it. It's therollingbarrage.com. And 
it gives, uh, you know, some of the stories that have happened. It's, there's photographs, uh, you know, just all the insp- inspiration that anybody might need, you know, just photographically to come and join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's uh, registration opens May 1st. <laughs> I believe that's today. So, uh, you know, we've already got places where we do block bookings in all the hotels. Some of the hotels are already completely booked already. Yeah. So th- the ride is definitely growing. So, so we, we it, encourage everybody to, to go to the website and, and our Facebook page and Instagram and, you know, check it out and, and come along with us, even if it's yeah. vicariously. Rolling Barrage. And if you're looking for a great vacation, something really different, and and get back on the road and enjoy yourself after being cooped up for two years, I can think of nothing better. I've driven across Canada twice now, um, back and forth in cars. Yep. But there's nothing like a motorcycle. I mean, I've done multi-thousand-mile motorcycle rides as well. There's nothing, nothing like a motorcycle ride. So um, so as this continues, people don't have to do the whole ride, though, right? I mean, they can go, come with you for a day or two or three, contribute to what they can, uh, raise as much money as they can for PTSD. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the beauty of it. We had one rider a few years ago. He joined in and uh, in the morning at the, at the morning safety briefing, and... He rode with us for 20 minutes, and, and he came and talked to me. He said, I just wanted to shake your hand and thank you for doing this. I wanted to participate, but I, I can't get the time off work, so I'm going to ride with you from here till my turn off where I go to work. And uh, I'll tell you, I saw that guy smile the whole way, that 20 minutes that he rode with us, and he turned off. And then we've got, you know, other people that, that ride the what we call the full pull, and that's where they start in Halifax, and they ride right to Vancouver, and they're with us the whole 20 days. Well, so, how, how much does that cost, by the way, if somebody wants to do the ride? What's, is there an average cost for that? Uh, yeah, and that's all on the website. It, it fluctuates by year. Uh, I believe right now a, a one-day ticket is, is $30. So you, you come ride for the day, and it's 30 bucks. So uh, the idea of, of keeping the, uh, the registration fee down was, was so that riders that want to come along with us for longer, they're not – they're not paying money into registration. They they can afford more food or more gas, and uh, you know, and they can ride longer with us. That that's what we want to encourage is is bringing that family together longer. So we're not uh, we're not trying to gouge anybody's pockets there. Scott, let's talk a bit about what post traumatic stress disorder is and what it does and what you've seen, because this is what often motivates people to just spontaneously try to help. What do we need to know? What did you learn and, and what, what do you want to share with us? What should we know? Well, PTSD essentially is a, a chemical change in the body, in your brain. And there's, there's no coming back from it. Once you've, one of the uh, analogies I use is when you're training in the Army, you're a caterpillar and you're crawling on the ground. And that's, you're doing this the whole time, getting preparation for you know what's coming. You're training for battle, training for war. And so after a bit of time, you, you're immersed in the battle zone and you uh, are now in what we call the cocoon. And so you're in this cocoon. And, and although you can travel around, you know, like as soldiers, we travel three, 400 kilometers a day while we're patrolling. Uh, and, but the thing is, like a cocoon, you can't just leave. And, and so when, I, when we talk about the end of the tour and coming back to, to Canada or where have you, um, that's where the cocoon now opens. And when, and when you come out of that cocoon, you know, you're no longer a caterpillar. You're a moth. And so there's been this, this metamorphosis that's happened while you've been in that cocoon, in the war zone. 
and now you've come out and you're this moth. And one of the questions that I ask while I'm doing my public speaking is how many people thought that when you come out of that cocoon, you'd be a butterfly. And, and we use the term moth in, intentionally because when we come out, we don't see ourselves as a, as a beautiful butterfly. Now, now we've changed and we're, we're this hideous little insect, you know, as, as we feel that society looks at us that way. So it's, a, it's one of those things where, you know, you can still see the person that you knew, but they're, they're now different inside because, you know, the traumas that they've experienced have, have changed them. And, and so one thing I like to make sure that people understand is that no one's trauma, whether it's sexual trauma, uh, combat trauma, or, you know, uh, uh, natural disasters, whether it's fire, flood, or, or, you know, hurricanes, that kind of stuff, nobody's trauma is more or less important in the, in the scope of things. So anybody that, that has experienced any kind of uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or uh, critical incident stress, they're, they're more than welcome to come and join us because we're all, we're all the same. We're all the same family. And yeah. uh, so we've, we've had people from, you know, a huge cross-spectrum come out. And, and I live in Merrick, B.C., and we've just experienced, you know, huge fires last year that, uh, you know, tore through homes and so on. And then, of course, right on the heels of that was the flooding. So, you know, we've had first responders and, and members of the Canadian Armed Forces immersed here in the community, you know, with, uh, with, the, with the, you know, the residents who have also experienced the same traumas. And it's, so, I mean, there's a, definitely a, a big uh, family being built here right in Merritt as well. You know, over the years, I think we've all heard that uh, soldiers who come back from the war don't talk about their experiences. And, and I've always said to people who said that to me, it's more a case they can't talk about it because it's too painful for them to talk about what they've seen, what they've participated in, what they've, what they've survived. Um, I don't know if you agree with that. So that's part one and part two. Why the, why the title Ghost Keepers for your book? Okay, well, and you know, you're, you're very accurate in that, Roy, is, is that when we come home, we don't talk about it. And because it is so painful, I mean, it took me, uh, you know, almost 20 years to write my book, Ghost Keepers. And I didn't really write it with the intention of it becoming a published book. I, I just wrote it as a memoir uh, to my kids so they'd know what we actually did. And, uh, you know, after I'd written, you know, a couple hundred pages, I was like, maybe I should do something about this because it's a story that really needs to be told. And maybe maybe some other guys that, you know, from my unit will be able to heal. And, and as it happens, it's helped heal, a, you know, a bunch of others, including some, some Bosnian residents who are, who are here in Canada now. So, I mean, it's been wonderful in that regard. Uh, ghost keepers, I, I mean, for me, that's very personal in that I, I harbor the ghosts from my past, you know, from, from over in Bosnia. Like, I see their faces all the time, you know, whether it's the, the civilians or the, the warring parties, you know, the, the ones that uh, you, you, those those images are burned in my in my mind. I'll never lose those. So those are the ghosts that I keep. Yeah, you're an amazing guy. You really are. To do what you're doing, to have gone on the record. I'm just, I'm just a regular guy. Really. You're helping people, though, Scott. You're really, really helping people who need the help, and you help them for life in a way that matters to them because you understand. They understand. You've had the same experience, to a greater or lesser extent. Sometimes identical, sometimes not. But the result is the same as PTSD. We have a minute. Can you share a funny uh, moment from the uh, from one of the rides, from one of the uh, rolling barrage rides? Okay, I'll give you two. One is a really... That happened, that was just a laugh. <laughs> One's a short one, when, you know, just starting the ride out in 2016. I said to my wife, Leslie, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this 
cross Canada motorcycle rally. And, uh, she said, that's nice dear. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, here we are in the oh, sixth man. annual and <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she thought it was crazy, which, uh, you know, the government's given me paperwork to say I am. So I guess she's right as well. So <laughs> but, such a uh, good story is dear. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the second story is uh, a paramedic from out East. He came to, to, he wanted to ride with us for a couple of days and he wasn't sure if he was going to, how it was going to go, but he was going to go back home after a couple of days out in the, on the East coast. And, you know, he, he wouldn't ride with the pack. He would ride, you know, a mile ahead or a mile behind, but he would always be there with us, you know, at fuel stops and he would take pictures and he would be part of it. And then, you know, at, at the third day, he was still there. And as we entered Trois-Rivières in Quebec and we started making our way, uh, you know, towards Montreal and I kept looking and seeing him in my mirror. And, you know, when we hit Saskatoon, the guy that was only going to ride with us for a couple of days, and wasn't hanging around us, was now sitting at the dinner table, uh, you know, enjoying dinner with us. And, and he was That's laughing and, and his wife, you know, emailed me and she said, I don't know what you've done with uh, my husband, but please keep going because he's turned oh, the corner. Great story. What a yeah, great story. So, and he Scott. dipped his tire in. He, let me, he dipped his tire in Vancouver. He made the whole run. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.